You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman. And I'm Charles Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week, we will be talking about the Monkeys album, The Birds, the Bees, the Monkeys. And we are joined by Chris Nietzsche of the Metal Exchange and Carrie Gordon from Metal Geeks. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Thank you for having us. I'm glad to be back, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Been wanting to monkey around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, ex- I'm excited uh, to be on for the first time. This is... Uh, a really cool thing and uh i really appreciate the the invitation yeah absolutely. chris is my chris is my metal brethren that has a deep love of the monkeys just like me there's two <laughs> of us out there i know i, I thought i was the only one i truly <laughs> did <laughs> maybe we'll find more for you um through yeah. this podcast that maybe. would be, that'd be, that'd cool. be amazing we'll, we'll so, start a little cult or something <laughs> <laughs> so we already heard from uh carrie in a past episode um about how it got into the monkeys so chris how did you get into the monkeys uh, so I was born in 1982. So um, during the 80s revival, uh, my cousin, who is uh, six years older than me, she got really wrapped up in the whole revival thing. And she it was all she listened to. I would go to their house. They lived about 10 minutes away and she would just play the record. She was the first person i ever knew that owned a cd player so she had some of the albums on cd in the 80s which was like mind-boggling at the time but um <laughs> wow. she had she won a contest on the radio uh and the contest was the entire uh reissue of all the vinyls when they reissued oh, wow. them all in the 80s wow. and she already had all the vinyls so she gave me <laughs> her old copies And kept the new ones. And I mean, by the time I was 10 years old, I probably knew the words to like every song on the first five or six albums. Um, It it just was um, something that just like, it was my first like real love of any sort of band before I Mm. ever really listened to the radio or anything. It was just that first really taste of like musical obsession um and i was very young but that's that's where it all began for me so shout out to my cousin mary mary yeah and to that radio station that's given away solid prizes yeah Yeah. (laughs) your cousin wasn't bugging though was she (laughs) no no okay (laughs) so kind of getting right into it um let's start with a favorite song on the album Oh, we're going there already. Wow. <laughs> and for anyone who hasn't listened to these before, when we do them, we don't usually go track by track. There yeah. are other podcasts that go track by track. Yeah. We usually have ours more conversational. Like you're sitting around having drinks with friends, talking about an album. Usually you don't go from track one to track 13. You talk about what you love, what you didn't love, what could they could have done differently, what you love that they did, and that sort of thing. And that's sort of what we do on these. So if anyone hasn't listened to our previous uh, four discussions about the Monkees albums, definitely go back and hear those because uh, they're a lot of fun. And Carrie joined us for the headquarters discussion. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, what jumps out at anybody off this album? What's, what's the first thing that springs to your mind? So Chris and I sort of hinted earlier, do you want to like – Go on one, two, three. Yes. Uh, oh, the pressure is on. All right. All right. Yeah, let's do it. I think we're going to have different opinions now. I'm looking at it, but okay, let's go. Okay. One, two, three. Riding wrong. Oh, see? <laughs> oh. I'm on team Chris there. I'm number, that's my number two. Uh, okay. Being a metalhead and listening to Writing Wrongs, it's such an early um, version of like a slow, doomy, like Black Sabbath age type feel. Mm. If you just put a little bit more guitar into it, it's like the slow drums, the um, everything about that track just screams at a, like a doom metal band needs to cover that song like right away. <laughs> and if they don't, I need to start one so I can. <laughs> it's one of the heaviest songs I think they've ever done. Just just how it feels. It's really heavy without having to be like overly like heavy guitars and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has it has like a, a kind of a darkness to it, mm-hmm. which is unusual for uh, the, the monkeys. Uh, so I could definitely see 
um, why there would be an appeal there for for somebody that likes heavy metal. And it's one of the longer songs too they've ever done. Mm-hmm. It's five minutes. You're like, well, it's not a two minute, and you're done. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it, it it takes it time. You know, like there's that that long break in yeah. the middle where it gets weird. You know, it's uh, got some psychedelia <laughs> moving in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. What they're known for. W- would you would you guys <laughs> say that this is the most eclectic album that the monkeys have ever put out? Uh, I mean, most of their albums are rather eclectic, being that like they have four vocalists and that and the vocalists tend to have different styles that they like to push towards but i feel like at least for me this one feels like one of the most eclectic Mm -hmm. uh it really bounces around as far as styles go yeah this is um when they were kind of just like peace out guys and doing my own thing and we're gonna shove it all together and call it the monkeys and we're the producers but we're not actually producing anything Um, but we're to be called the producers because uh, we're the monkeys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and as we've been talking about the album, we're sort of talking about what's been happening behind the scenes with the monkeys musically as they've gone through this evolution. And for me, it's sort of the output sort of peaks with Pisces mm-hmm. and um, we're sort of on the other side of that Pisces Hill now. Um, yeah. But I think it definitely comes across in the album to answer your question that they were very much doing their own thing. There's no, for me really feeling of cohesiveness across the album. It really does feel like they all went off and made their own tracks and somebody put them on yep. in an order on, on the album. Yeah. Not and in a very good order. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. When we were first starting to listen to it last week and Chuck started off, he's like, how did you, what did you think of this song? And I was like, meh <laughs> right. next well, song yeah that's good well even something like next dream song. world i don't think is i don't think dream world's a terrible <laughs> no. song or anything what? but I, it's not an album opener no yeah would you put for the album opener oh man i could put almost anything else on the album as the album opener i mean you could skip it and just go anti-municipal court or really i mean you can even just easily make this album better by flipping side one and side two and and opening with i'll be back upon my feet Mm. is a better album opener i think because i mean the album opener that's your first impression of the album that's the first thing you hear when you when you put it on yeah i mean and that sort of it it starts your expectations and i don't think this album has a really strong opening you mentioned uh i'll be back upon my feet and something occurred to me now listening to it again multiple times today that song has it's a very early like 80s 90s rap vibe to it like with the beat Mm -hmm. and then like the weird chanting part that they're that they're doing i'm like wow i'm surprised nobody has sampled that for like a rap track or something somewhere Right. Yeah. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you know it, it comes from Wikipedia. So you know, well, who knows how true it <laughs> well, is? Well, I mean, but, if it's on Wikipedia, it's yeah, be true. it must be true. But um, <laughs> supposedly, the the initial track list had "Through the Looking Glass" as the first track on this, and I feel like that would have been kind of a mm. cool way to open up yeah. the album. I reach out to hold you, but it's just your reflection through the looking glass. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a yeah. very polarizing song, I guess. I love it though. I do too. Yeah. 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 I just don't think Dream World is one that grabs no. you no. and says, Oh, I got to sit here and listen to this album. It's more like, eh, you know. Chris, you had mentioned Tapioca Tundra. What is what is the allure of Tapioca Tundra for you? Well, you know, I've always been a big fan of, of like really uh, toe-tappy, fast-paced, catchy kind of music. And yes. I also am a big fan of like kind of offbeat and weird stuff. And I, when I was a kid, I used to be like, you know, I love Tapioca Tundra and I, I love Daily Nightly. And I love like these songs that mm-hmm. really are just kind of out there. And this one, it's it's like... I don't know. It's not weird in and of itself. It's it's weird as a monkey song, I guess. It's actually kind of, it's actually, I think it's a very accessible song. It's sort um, of a country samba yeah, beat to it. Yeah. yeah. It has a little bit of a kind of a Latin flair, but also mm-hmm. a little bit of a country flair. So definitely agree there. Sunshine, ragtime, blowing in the breeze. May 
I was in, blown away when um, Better Call Saul used the acoustic version of the song, which <laughs> somebody <laughs> must have really known their their monkeys stuff because I didn't even know there was a recording I, of that version. I mean, I had heard them do it in that style live, but I, I had no idea there was actually like a demo recorded. So when I was right. watching that episode and I heard that, I'm like, Sunshine, ragtime, blowing in the breeze. Midnight looks right, standing more at ease. I had goosebumps. I was like, I know this song, but I've never <laughs> heard it quite this way. And I was like, wow, that's somebody really dug deep. Um, you know, they had going down on Breaking Bad at one point. But yeah. I mean, this this was a real right. deep, deep cut. So, um, yeah. but Absolutely. yeah, it's just the song I go back to. And every time I hear it, I'm just like, man, it puts me in such a good mood. It's just such a it's just such a rocking <laughs> tune. I'm a big fan of that one. It's, it's one of Nez's best tracks. I, I still think so. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah, and it, that's my go to. If someone asks my favorite monkey song it's Tapioca Tundra. And I love the album cut, but I also love the slower version. I love the acoustic version. I love the Dolan Sings Nesmith yes. version. I think I, I don't think I've heard a bad version of Tapioca Tundra. It's the, the the lyrics are so poetic and it's such a part of the monkey story. And yeah, I mean, the, the album cut is just a song that you can just crank up and get a speeding ticket while it's playing. You know? I mean, he started to really embrace those lyrics at the end of, of touring with him, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Elaine, what's your go-to on this album? Um, I like a lot of them. Um, this is one of those albums when I was a kid and I had it on cassette tape. It was not my favorite of the ones I had because it was just like disjointed. And mm. I liked it. Well, it was my sister's favorite because it had Valerie on it and her name is Valerie. So she liked and she looked okay. way more than I did. But I have always liked Zoran Zam because it's a weird. Oh. I like the little short, weird yeah. song like, yeah. you know, uh, Mr. Webster um, and Zoran Zam. I just, you know, <laughs> I like the little weird short one. So I'll go with that one. Two little kings playing a game they gave a war and nobody yeah, Zora Zam's kind of like a short Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's a, that's. I mean, a good I wish one. it was a little bit longer because they they could definitely done more with the the story there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, and the yeah. the the military sort of like drums involved with like the yeah, it's a really cool song. Yeah, mm-hmm. Carrie, would you agree that would be interesting metalized that song? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Um, I could definitely see that some grindcore band or something. <laughs> now, um, one of which is weird. This album, you, like you mentioned before, is really disjointed. It felt like, okay, we have all these extra songs from all these different recording sessions, which is what mm-hmm. this album mm-hmm. technically is, but it features <laughs> one of the most popular monkey songs of mm-hmm. all time. And mm-hmm. nobody ever, yep. They know the song, but nobody would. You ask anybody in the street, they wouldn't know the name of the album it came from. Oh, I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. You know, it sounds much better than a lot of the songs on yeah. this album, but because it didn't come from the sessions for this album. Yeah. You know, this is still from chip douglas's sessions which i think shows in the production of that song mm-hmm. and i think it's like that Belgian believer is the only peter torque contribution on this album it is yeah that's right he plays yep. bass on it right plays piano piano, right he plays piano yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah right i don't think he was even credited for bass he plays the piano on it yeah i don't think i ever uh realized until this week that he doesn't there's like no peter on this album like uh yeah yeah, uh, it, it was it was interesting because I've always been a real Peter guy. Like I, I've always really liked him. Um, my my cousin who I mentioned earlier, she had a crush on him, so uh, she always kind of <laughs> pushed me to be more of a, a Peter guy. Um, and, and and as I gotten older, I think I've always been drawn more to Peter and Mike because they were really the the true musicians, you yeah. know, coming mm-hmm. into the band. Um, so yeah, like, like it is strange. It, even like uh, on a macro level, it kind of surprises me looking back at really how little uh, Peter's contributions are 
to the band, even though I consider him such a big part of it. But like, you know, you're, um, you're right. He doesn't really sing like sing on a ton of songs. He 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 you know he wrote a few good a really good tunes, but um, he's kind of like the the Ringo of the Monkees, <laughs> right? Yeah. Not, he's not even a, a Ringo because yeah. they at least always had a Ringo song. Yeah, that's something that I say in every one of our album discussions. <laughs> is at least that the Beatles would would set aside a Ringo song. Sure, every single right. time, you know, and and they didn't do that for Peter. Like if I was Peter after this album, I'd be thinking about quitting. Yeah. Yeah, because like I can't get my twenty second song about an alligator on this <laughs> album, but Mike gets a five and a half yeah. minute jam session. <laughs> you know, and so and so my my only song, out of that song and my only song is going to be about my auntie Griselda. That right. you know, I mean, right. that's his his legacy as far as like all the album goes. Yeah. Like the main right. the main tracks is yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's but it. the reissue for this, like you mentioned, Alvin, and then uh, Lady's Baby was on there too. On the nineties yeah. reissue, Baby did. That was a real passion project for him. He put a lot of time into Ladies Baby. Yeah. And frankly, I think Ladies Baby is better than some of the songs mm-hmm. on this album. Yes. <laughs> Ladies Baby smiles and cools, takes away my lonely booze. I read a quote that. Um... I was reading the liner notes actually from the nineties reissue. And, um, you know, Davey had said that like he, you know, they gave the rest of the guys and and the people in the studio gave Peter a hard time about that song. But Davey was like, you know, the guy was like in this mode in his life and he really wanted to lay down the song. And he was like, I totally respect that. Like he wanted to just get this right. My Mm -hmm. understanding is that like they went into the studio on like 10 different, occasions to get this thing right it's like one of the most like uh infamous uh recordings of any monkey's tune right yeah and it's, and it's a good song and it's it's substantive you know like the it it means something to him and it shows sort of how these guys are are growing up as they're going along as monkeys i mean he's writing a song now about you know a child that you know his i guess his girlfriend's child that he's creating a bond with and that's a very different kind of story than the young men stories of the, the early songs mm-hmm. where it's mostly about girls and you know your 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 underage sisters at the party <laughs> you need to watch out right. that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know and now you know, it's, it's sort of songs about growing up like dream world the, the lyrics and if you go back and listen to like dream world and really look at the lyrics it's about stop living in a dream world and get back go to come to me i'm in the real world here Stop, stop right. lying about stuff and stop being an idiot. <laughs> that's a, uh, it's pretty weird for the sixties. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, a, I think it's a shame that ladies baby didn't make it onto the album, but I'll, I'll get off my tirade about that. But I think, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, every album, I think they should, they, they, they could have, there was room for, for Peter if someone mm-hmm. had tried. So yeah. it's not surprising to me that later on he becomes the first monkey to walk no, because yeah. I mean, you looking at this album in the store and what does it mean to him? He played piano on daydream believer, you know, that's, and that's really it. Yeah. I'm sure. He got paid pretty well for that royalties and oh, all sure. that. Oh, sure. Absolutely. That's a pretty famous uh, piano. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, I, if that was my one yeah. contribution, I'd be pretty proud of it, but <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, Veronica, what was your go-to off this album? Good. Daydream Believer. Daydream Believer. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to go wrong with Daydream Believer. It's yeah. a great song. I mean, I'm like, of, of the songs that and Valerie, which I always change to Veronica whenever I'm singing it. Um, Don't tell Elaine's sister. <laughs> hey, you know, Elvis Costello wrote a song for you. Just so you know. <laughs> no. so, so, so did LFO. <laughs> but <laughs> so what do you like about Daydream Believer? Um, so <laughs> the first time I remember hearing this song was on Dawson's Creek. Okay. <laughs> I remember that's, that as well. That's, that's my first, um, solid memory of that song, but it's just like a sweet, fun song that, that you can, I mean, a lot of Davy's songs tend to be either like spoken word or really just slow and boring and i really like to get up and <laughs> dance songs and this one isn't quite a get up and dance song but it's a it's a it's it's a bopping it's song. a hold your phone over your head yeah with a flashlight on song <laughs> <laughs> well it used to be a lighter song yes you know? don't don't put don't use a lighter no, in any monkey's concert now. ever again right <laughs> i think i reached a point in my life where i was like kind of sick of this song because of it was like the <laughs> the monkey song but right. as i've gotten older it's kind of like yeah i'm starting to like like it more and appreciate it more and it kind of 
it puts me in a good mood when I hear it. It's yeah. a, it's grown it's grown a new life for me. Um, it's especially like seeing it live after he passed and all that kind mm. of stuff. But I do this weird VR workout game called Supernatural, and one of the the workouts in there has this as a track you play along to. You're working out. It's like it's like a you know little sabers and stuff like that. But I'm like it's not the best workout song. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <it's not>. Right. <laughs> No, I've felt the same about Daydream Believer. Like it's they're some of their most like their biggest hit, Daydream Believer. I'm a believer. Yeah. Some of the because I heard them so mm. many times over and over again, watching the episodes over and over again. I just got burnt out on them. But Daydream sure. Believer, I'm sort of coming back around to, mm. and I love Mickey, but I'm I tired of I'm a believer just a little bit. And <laughs> somebody's gonna be really mad at me about that, but it just. I don't know. Both they're they're two top songs. Both have believer in the title. So right. Yeah. yeah. I can have one or the other. I can't have both of them. My brain will not allow me. I get I get excited if um I see the monkeys on the radio and it's uh like last train to Clarksville or Pleasant Valley someday <laughs> where they're like, Oh, they they took a believer reprieve for a change. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I don't my, my serious XM I have them set as an alert. And so if it oh, okay. says the monkeys on channel whatever and I flip. And if it's I'm a believer, depending on what I was listening to before, I may go back to what I was listening to. (laughs) Mainly because that's what they play a lot whenever the monkeys pop up. Mm -hmm. That's the song they play. And they have so many other songs. Pick something else. It's weird they cover that song from Shrek, but whatever. (laughs) I know. It's crazy to think that there's like a whole generation of people who know that as a Smash Mouth song. That was me. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, that was 100 percent me <laughs> that's funny you, you said the smash word <laughs> i also really like daydream believer because um we ended up uh parroting it for one of our puppet shows and turned it into mm. a star trek song that's true that's yeah. true that's yeah. very cool well it's like a i mean it's just like a, a top shelf pop song yeah I mean, it's kind of like happy together of the same yeah. year which actually was also produced by chip douglas i right. mean they're just yeah. they just hit this sort of soaring pop space you know what i mean that i mean and, and both are great songs for a crowd you know if you're doing mm-hmm. it at a concert it's you know yeah. everyone just put their arms around each other and, <laughs> and enjoy the song um yeah it's hard to get away from daydream believer but i mean davy's got some really good contributions to this album and some contributions to this album that i don't think are as good i mean i think daydream <laughs> believer and valerie are both fantastic yes. mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. great performances great productions yeah Sounds like he was on the poster. He sounds like he was like sort of phoning it in. Yeah. I was listening to it. I'm like, wow, he's not even doesn't really care about this track at all. You can tell. Right. Right. Or or we were made for each other, yep. which which also doesn't grab me. I mean, both of those really f- feel more like throwbacks to like the first Monkey's album, Davey, mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> yeah. Pisces, I thought his songs were so much better and so much more interesting than, you know, things like cuddly toy or she hangs out or just more interesting subject matter, more interesting productions and performances where I felt like by this album, those tracks in particular, I felt he was sort of circling back to, to early Davey. Yeah. I I always really kind of like dream world, honestly, like Mm. I I probably agree with you that maybe it's not the best choice for the first track, but, um, right. It's probably my favorite Davey song on this album. It's, uh, it's probably one of my favorite Davy songs that uh, ever. Actually, I, I really? just there's something about it that's just very 1968. Like it, it, <laughs> it belongs right where it was. Yeah, um, it's 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 just a solid kind of pop tune. And like I agree with what Veronica said that like there's just some Davy songs that are just kind of like eye rolling um, at right. times. And then there's <laughs> ones like that with Dream World. I'm just like, yeah, snap your fingers and. Uh, <laughs> I, I I happen to like that, but um, circling back to, to Valerie, I had a friend in high school who loved Spanish guitar, and I played him that song, and he was blown away by the Spanish guitar in that song. And now mm. I think of him every time I hear it, but it is, I'm not <laughs> sure who plays it on the song, but it's, re- it's really good. It's Louis Shelton. So recircling back to Valerie, uh, I, had a band. <laughs> I had a band when I was uh, 19 um, and we actually covered that song and I'm using quotes. Um, <laughs> it was a very interesting version of it, but yeah, that was fun. Did anybody attempt the guitar part? 
Um, yeah, I, I actually have audio of this somewhere. I can I'll okay. share it with you guys later. Yeah, we're very we're like 18, 19 trying to be a metal metal band. But I'm like, we got to do a monkey song. They're like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> if you can give me that audio, I would love to put clips or, or some of it in the podcast. Oh, no, I, I spoke too soon. we know we mentioned uh our favorite track on the album mm-hmm. but you know we have davy we have mickey and nesmus mm-hmm. and they all davy did the most on the album and then like uh nez and mickey are sort of tied what's your favorite from each three of those guys Oof. for mickey i would probably say vocally i guess i'll be back upon my feet Although I love anti anti's municipal court. I don't know if yeah. you're counting that as a contribution from Davey or from Nez, because that's one of the few songs, I'm one of the few tracks on this album that had multiple monkeys working on it. Yeah. You know? I really like Auntie's Municipal Court, just partially because the title doesn't fit the song at yeah, all well, whatsoever. Nest songs. Yeah, I was about to say there's a lot of Nest songs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which is also why it's always hard to remember, okay, which which Nest song was this? Right. Because <laughs> it doesn't he loves, fit he into loves the putting song. songs with the, the, the titles not anywhere in the song at all. Right. Yes. <laughs> or related to it at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for for me, I, I'd go tapioca for Mike. Uh, I'll be back on my feet for uh, Mickey, probably Valerie for Davey, and and I'll I'll give Peter a shout out because my understanding is, uh, do I have to do this all over again? Was supposed to put, be on this album at one point, oh, and yeah, then got okay. saved for the head soundtrack. So uh, I'll give Pete a, a little bit of love there. <laughs> I do like Mickey's uh, vocals on I'll Be Back Up On My Feet because that's a really mm. good song. And it, I like that one. Um, I like Dream World by Davy Jones, but he wrote it too. He co-wrote yeah. it. So it's not mm-hmm. just his vocals. He That may be why it's a better vocal because it's his song. Like those are yeah. his words. So he means them more than somebody else's. And mm. um, Tapioca Tundra for Mike because yeah, okay. it's a good song. Yeah, and Davey also co-wrote the poster with Steve Pitts. So, I mean, that's, yeah. it's good to see him with some writing credits, um, even if they're, I mean, I said not, not my favorite tracks on the album, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, which, I mean, and speaking of Mike titles, I think Writing Wrongs is a great title. <laughs> that, yeah. that's just a brilliant title i mean that song. that's sort of a description of himself right there you know right right uh, he would own up to that one yeah absolutely yeah. well what are the what are the weak point on the album for you what's the what's the what's the weakest point on the album mm. i sort of gave mine away already is <laughs> we were made for each other yeah i think i'm with you on that yeah it's, it's just to me that there's just nothing to really grab you about that song it's, it's kind of just generic it's a little too flowery yeah we as the stars were made for the sky yeah i was gonna say that or the poster mm. i was i was leaning toward the poster because i can get we were made for each other stuck in my head but okay. the poster i forget how that goes like you tell me okay how did the poster go i i don't know until you something put, like, about I, a I circus remember. or something and like i i can't pick out the tune i don't remember it mm-hmm. so right yeah. yeah, looking, I'm looking at the list and I was like, oh, I can remember at least a little bit of most of these with a couple of exceptions for Nesma songs. And I'm like, but I don't remember the poster at all either. Like I can play some of the other ones in my head, but that <laughs> yeah. one is just like, eh. Right. Yeah. Let me go. Let me go do my my f- top three real quick. Um, okay. okay. Uh, I definitely Tapioca Tundra. Mm-hmm. Nez, it's one of his best songs he's ever written or performed on yeah um i agree on i'll, I'll be back upon my feet um i have a a, a soft spot for p.o box 9847 for some reason mm. <laughs> i like that one um, he yes, gets that's really fine. into it in the end you know right yeah um and but uh for davy i'm gonna have to say valerie 
Mm. Okay. It's such a yeah. rocking tune. It really is. Yeah. And I mean, a great performance by him and by the band. And it's a great production. Mm-hmm. It's a great boys and heart song too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, lyrically, I don't know that it's a great song, but <laughs> they just the, the melody and the performance, yeah. the production of it. And the story elevated, behind it, you know, right. songs about songs about girlfriends back in the day really weren't the, the strongest <laughs> in lyrical content, I guess. Right. <laughs> That's right. I don't think uh, has has anybody mentioned uh, Magnolia Sims since we started. We, re- we haven't. Like, no. We haven't. Yeah, I was going to talk That's about that. Such a fun song. I love uh, the production on that. I love that it had like a warning that like your <laughs> stereo is not messing up. Like it's right. Just, uh, it's, uh, even now I'm like listening to it. I'm like, it's only coming out of one speaker. This is so strange. Your, your vinyl is not skipping. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a legitimate concern that people bring, bringing their albums back. This song skips. <laughs> Stay. Uh, I, I love Magnolia Sims. It has the scratchy sounds on it. Like it really right. sounds. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like skipped at the end and like repeats mm-hmm. singing is like, like the, your record skipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they deliberately, I bet, I bet when that first came out, people were like, what is going on? <laughs> right. Well, they deliberately made it sound like a 78, which, and I mm-hmm. love old music. So I, that, that is perfect for me. And I love, I mean, it's just like, like Veronica said, a very catchy song. Yeah. Yeah. My kiddo was very confused when we listened to it. He was kind of like, why does it sound like that? What is going on with it? We're like, it's playing it like it's a record. Oh, okay. Well, that's stupid. So, <laughs> this, this was probably a song that when I was a kid, I, I didn't get. And now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like that. I mean, I I, I know Mike was just pushing to just be himself and and do songs like this. And this is like one of those things and you just appreciate it knowing like how much he, he really pushed to, to get his style out into the, mm-hmm. into the monkeys. And this is just, a, I feel like he, he has what four songs on this album and they're all like, they're all out there in a completely different way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're sort of, they, they all have those country roots, but they all have that, those tinges of psychedelia mixed in in very mm-hmm. different ways. Um, like well, Andy's totally musical court sounds more like a bird song, <laughs> you know, than <laughs> than it does a monkey song. But I think it's just great, and you know, other songs just get like super trippy, which I love. And this is that that time of music I like when people were just really starting to experiment and do weird things, and some of it works and some of it doesn't. But I think um, on the Nez songs on this album, I think it works. Although I got to be honest, my, I, I I like writing wrongs, but. About midway through, I usually reach for the skip button and get, and get on to the next song. It goes on for a bit. That's just what I love about it. It's not It's not a five-minute song where it's like, oh, that was five minutes of a song? Man, that was a great song. No, it's like, the song is still going. It's, it's I, I have to say, it's probably one of the, the most out there of the of of any of the Monkees songs of all time, in my yep. opinion. And I... I probably should have guessed that that Carrie, this was his favorite because um, <laughs> it really does have kind yeah. of that uh, that like pre metal kind of vibe to it. Um, that heavy organ sound and mm-hmm. yeah, everything about it is really cool. It's like early Deep Purple or something, mm-hmm. right? I I remember being confused by this album when I was younger, like back in the eighties. And when like they were reissuing it because I had seen Valerie and I'll be back up on my feet and Daydream Believer in the TV shows. Mm. And none of these other songs on this album were I heard, you know, it was like, why are these songs on this album with these other songs? Because kind of like one of these things is not like the other, but it was three of these things are not like the other. It was it was confusing to me when I was a kid, you know. <laughs> but I, I didn't have that. the internet. Well, and we didn't have the internet to go look up all this you know, behind the scenes stuff. And I wasn't aware of all the drama, you know, just like, this is a weird album. Why? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and you weren't wrong because yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a collection of songs that don't necessarily even sound like they're the same band, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, the same genre. <laughs> and, you, and you talk about Peter leaving the band is where, when you think about the sixties, some bands were putting out two or three albums every year. Now mm-hmm. it's 
not like that anymore, but right. uh, this album came out in April of 68 and Peter was gone, but head came out in November of 68 and he had a lot of stuff in that. So yeah, you know that something happened in the, in that time frame. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. After they filmed head, he's like, you know what? I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he made it through 33 and a third, which Ooh. would, I guess, <laughs> that if, you're, been, that if, you're near, if you're near a breaking point, that, that's not going to push you over. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, this album, I think, might have been kind of a, a sign that things were starting to head down, you know, downturn, because in the past, like, they would take the newer songs and they would plug them into the old episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really do that here. Mm. Um, I, I believe the, the show uh, had just finished before this album mm-hmm. came out. Um, but um, I assume it was still in reruns and, and they didn't even really bother trying to stick some of these newer songs into the, the episodes. And uh, I, I'm wondering if that's part of the reason why it was the first, uh, the first monkeys album that didn't reach the number one on the charts. Yeah. It might have been. And I know they put some songs, some changes in some of the reruns mm-hmm. when changes came out in 1970. So right. I don't know if they thought the songs on changes were better and wanted <laughs> to promote that one more than the birds, the bees and the monkeys or what. Yeah, you know. I think by by 1970, I think they were onto the Saturday morning reruns. So I yeah. think it was like a, 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 a the next step of reruns after where we were. Mm-hmm. With yeah. with these, but this is sort of right at the cusp at the end. I mean, it's really the last of sort of the TV era monkeys before you get into head and beyond. But um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a shame that you know I know that they all wanted to do different things and sort of as success goes, sort of everybody's head gets a little bit bigger and you want to be running your own sessions and things like that. But I would have loved if to have a, a true follow up to Pisces um, because mm-hmm. I think Pisces really hit that sort of magic spot of enough contribution of all the monkeys and enough of them allowing other people to come in and make contributions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so they, they would, they didn't mind having session musicians, but they were, they still had a lot more control over the music. And I wish they could have maintained that. It's like with the monkeys, anytime they do something that works well, they just do something else next time. <laughs> you know, yeah. like th- that, that was like, really we successful. Did this already. Moving on. Let's never do that again. Yep. <laughs> it's, yep. it's ironic. This album's ironic because they spent so much time battling to like, come in as a band and, and record an album as a band. And then they went right back to where they started, where they were just individually going in mm-hmm. and doing their own thing. And it's, right. it's, it's interesting that they kind of like shot themselves in the foot, so to speak, where they just, they fought so hard. They made these two like iconic albums in headquarters and Pisces. And then they were just like, all right, maybe, maybe we didn't want to spend as much time in the studio with these, these guys as we thought. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I wonder if they were just exhausted from like filming all the time, going on tour, making all these records. It was just nonstop. And they were like, yeah. mm, no, I'm, I'm done. We'll do what I do. You know, this is yeah. what I've got. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Kind of I mean, they had, they had yeah. some long days filming all day mm-hmm. and then going into the studio all night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, most folks who were in entertainment at that time were making a TV show or making an album or tour. They weren't doing all of it, you know? But I mean, you've got all the associated uh, press that goes along with all that stuff. And they're filming commercials and doing guest spots on other TV shows to promote things. I mean, it's, yeah, it was, I'm sure by the end, it was just like, F it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah, here's my songs. Put them on the, put them whatever order you want. (laughs) Yeah. Have have any of you guys um, seen the book? by uh it was by andrew sandoval it was uh the day-to-day story <laughs> of the oh, 60s yes. tv pop sensation this yeah, is really? a day-to-day hour by hour rundown of everything that mm-hmm. everyone in the band did from 1966 yeah. to 1970 yep. pretty much it is an exhaustive uh, it, and oh, so oh, no no Going back to what Elaine said, yeah, I could definitely understand them just being exhausted because mm-hmm. they were, it was just constant go, 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 like in and out of the studio, making the movie, making the TV show. Like they, I mean, at that point in time, I'm sure everybody just wanted to do whatever it is. I think Davey was the only one who was like, don't bite the hand that feeds, just let's <laughs> keep going, like ride that money train. <laughs> uh but everybody and i think mickey too for the most part was pretty much pretty game but um i know peter and mike were just like yeah you know we now we have notoriety we're famous like we want to do our own thing and that's pretty much <laughs> what how that's pretty much what spelled the end for the band yeah 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 that book uh that that 
that tome that you're talking about, it, it can break a, a bookshelf for sure. Yes. <laughs> right. Especially if you get the giant one with the nice red cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's the one we have. We, we joke that we have it by our window in case there's a storm or something blows it in. <laughs> <laughs> the, the book will protect us. <laughs> there you go. We're going to take an intermission. We'll be back in a few minutes. Don't go away. Don't change that channel. What he means to say is we'll be right back after the commercial. Hey everyone, this is Carrie from the Metal Geeks Podcast. Thanks for geeking out with us for the past 10 years. Yes, I said that 10 years that we've been doing this, talking about video games and metal and TV and movies and comic books and scene parks and all that other cool stuff. Check us out on our website at metalgeeks.net and on all the socials at Metal Geeks. We are proud members of the ESO Network. Keep it geeky and keep it metal. Come check us out at the Metal Exchange Podcast, where two guys discussing a classic or contemporary metal or hard rock album each and every week. You can find us at our Linktree page, that's linktr.ee slash metalexchange. We hope to see you soon. So, I mean, you, you guys are both big metalheads. Like, what is the appeal in an album like this for metalheads? Some of the songs, if you just put a little bit of heavier guitar, they're definitely um, in that early proto-metal zone. Yeah. Just some of the, the, the Nez stuff. I mean, he's such a good songwriter. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a very interesting question. <laughs> um, I mean, there was, there was metal stuff proto-metal coming out at this time already right um they didn't really do anything super heavy with like you know heavy distorted guitars or anything until like just us Mm. which i love that album (laughs) um yeah it's uh i don't know it's it's very what about you chris Uh, you know there i think that there's definitely songs on this album that would appeal um i think like the davy songs probably most metalheads would probably be like all right you know whatever um but you know i, I think the uh definitely the the mic compositions yeah. um you know go, again circling back to writing wrongs um magnolia sims like even though it is kind of country-esque i think that there's the 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 kind of more of the attitude of metal than the actual sound of metal that's kind of permeating and germinating in this early early time and um as i mentioned before like the 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 guitar work in valerie i think that's you don't get a ton of like virtuostic i don't think that's a word but you know virtue virtuistic uh mm-hmm. type musicianship on monkeys albums but i think valerie's one of those songs where you're like oh wow like that musically that's a really impressive guitar solo that's mm-hmm. you know that's something um that somebody that is really into guitar could grasp onto. Um, I would ask Carrie this question. If you were to give one monkeys album to a, a metalhead who'd never heard the monkeys before, which album do you think would be the best <laughs> album. One to give them? Um, yeah. I would have to say head the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can because see that. There, there's more <laughs> stuff on that album that it's more, in tune with the heaviness that was going on at that time and that sort of you know was that continued so i mean there's some tracks on that album that are pretty heavy for back in the time you know mm-hmm. i mean porpoise song's been covered by a heavy metal band um circle sky it's if you put some heavy you know distorted guitars, that would be a super heavy song mm-hmm. absolutely yeah uh, on our podcast, uh, our our kind of uh, I don't know if I want to call it a gimmick, but our, our what we what we <laughs> do stick. the reason we, the reason our shtick that's a good word <laughs> the reason we call it the metal exchange is because uh, me and my co-host Justin we go back and forth uh, recommending or, or choosing an album, and so he'll pick an album for us to listen to one week. We'll talk about it, and then I'll return fire and and we don't talk about this ahead of time so it's a surprise <laughs> as to what the album is and when i decided uh i decided to do a monkeys album shortly after mike passed away 
and I, I was really stuck between headquarters and, and Pisces. I ended up going with Pisces and I was surprised. It was fun hearing somebody's reaction to an album that had come out so long ago and, and they just weren't really aware of. And right. uh, Justin's really uh, very open-minded when it comes to music. He's not just metal focused. And, and obviously you can tell both myself and Carrie are, are pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty open, open-minded musically, but um, <laughs> It was really cool just hearing him kind of uh, yeah, track by track kind of uh, dig into it, at, at having never heard it before. Meanwhile, like, you know, I had heard every song hundreds of times. Um, and I think that that album worked pretty well. Uh, I think there were songs on there that, uh, you know, Daily Nightly being one of them that just had kind of a really cool, almost metal-y kind of feeling. So mm. another album where uh, Peter only got a novelty track. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's, I mean, and from here on out, I mean, you've got some Peter on the head soundtrack, but aside from that, we're sort of done with Peter contributions, you mm-hmm. know, to the, to the studio albums, which I, I think is a shame. I mean, like, and I know like, every, why wasn't he playing the Valerie solo, the guitar Valerie solo? Well, I mean, Louis Shelton had, had, had that pretty well in hand, I think, so. <laughs> but I mean, I would love to have had ladies baby or some other, you know, surely there was something else that peter could have done like i said he, he had a, a 20 second song that there wasn't room for on the album but there was room for mike to have a five and a half minute jam <laughs> you know what i mean in the middle of the album which and i don't yeah. mind it i'm just saying if i was peter i'd be pretty frustrated by that you know i, I mean like like we were saying earlier long title was originally going to be right on this album but i i guess they're in the process of filming the movie mm. And they you know, like they used it for that instead, you know. Right. Which yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's better. In the movie. If yeah, if it's if I'm Peter, I'm probably pretty pleased with that. That yeah. you know, I'd rather see it in the film. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it's I'm like a broken record. If someone's going through listening to all of our album discussions one by one at, right after together, they're gonna get tired of me talking about this. But I don't care. <laughs> you know, I, I would love to have had more Peter. I, that was one thing that I think that the 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 monkeys productions really could have done more with was doing something for peter he doesn't mm-hmm. have to sing every song but give him something on the album you know give wouldn't him his you Ringo say, song. wouldn't you say head is probably the most peter album because mm. he has two songs on it yeah like that's like oh we gave you two whole songs peter but right yeah does he have two songs on any other monkeys no. album no no so i i would say head is the most peterific uh, of the monkeys albums <laughs> yeah well, out of the first five albums, where does this one rank for everybody? Oh, five. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. That was you said that Quick. very quickly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I like it more than more of the monkeys. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there. I think I do. I think I do too, Carrie. I think I'm with you on that. Um, there's some of my favorite monkey songs on more of the monkeys, and there's some of my least favorite on that yeah. album too. It's it's very. <laughs> Yeah. It's very un- uneven, whereas I feel like this one, I don't know that I dislike any of the songs on this album. I might love some more than others, but um, I don't know that I could put it ahead of the other, the first uh, other three of the those first four, though. So mm. I'd probably put it at uh, number four um, of the, of of the, the ones you've covered so far. Okay. How about you, Elaine? Uh, I may have to put it in fifth but it's more just like from a nostalgia point of view on what album i listened to the most when i was a kid and what mm. i'm more familiar with and this is this was my least favorite one when i was a kid and even though i know all the songs now it's still i'm not sure. saying it's a bad album it just that's where it falls yeah you hate it i got it right out of her mouth <laughs> what were you gonna say carrie I was gonna say I, I agree definitely agree with Chris. It's probably my number four. Mm. Um, um and and I like we said, more of the monkeys has some great songs, but also has some of the worst songs, and they were mm-hmm. not happy about that album. So right. it's going to the bottom <laughs> really of my not list. happy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the covers of JCPenney's ad. So exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't help either. I will say that uh, the birds, the bees, and the monkeys, I think, has my second favorite monkeys album cover after Pisces. Yeah. I think the the what is it? A shadow box and yeah. that little image of them in the in the boat. I I I, I think that's great. I, I like it a lot. I think it's one of the more stylish album covers they had. But I often don't think that the monkeys got the best album covers out there. Cool it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's everybody wanted to see uh, 
Davy's nipples. That was definitely a, a <laughs> right. high demand in the right. in 1986. Right. Yeah. Their mullets are in uh, full form there too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let us know. Uh, let us know when you get up to pool it, because uh, me and Carrie have a lot of things to say about that <laughs> album. You'd be surprised. We actually both like it a lot. So. Okay. Oh, oh, good. I, I, like I it. do. Yeah. No. I, no. I love '80s like synthwave type stuff. So yeah, that album has a lot of uh, good memories for me. Good. Yeah. Write that down, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No, no, I love the album. I'm, 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 you know, because it came out when I was really big into the monkeys. And so it was new yeah. music from the monkeys when I was right into listening. Yeah. To it. So it made same sense. for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was like right after I got into them, like a year later, I'm like, oh, here's a brand new album. That's, All right. Yeah. That's awesome. And I already liked 80s music anyway. So it was mm-hmm. just cool. Monkeys are doing 80s music, which, you know, worked in time. Um, there's some weird production on that album, but overall the, the songs are really good. Yeah. So that was probably one of the very first CDs I ever listened to, honestly, in like the late eighties. Mm. Chuck, where where does where does Birds, the Bees, and Monkeys rank for you out of the five? So I far? think I would put it at four. I agree with these guys. I think I like it better than More of the Monkeys overall. Although More of the Monkeys is is an album that I like. So I don't really want to think that I'm trashing on the yeah. birds, the bees, and the monkeys. I mean, it's like you know, picking your favorite foods out of five foods you like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. I think if that yeah, album no. did not have the day we fall in love, it would be higher for everybody. Mm. I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. You know, it's it's ironic too because I think "Hold On, Girl" is my it's my favorite of Davy song of all time. Mm. So really, yep. Okay, I love. I just it, it's got like a kind of a Doors kind of uh like harpsichord kind of vibe to it um mm. i i don't know why I, it was like i think i was in like high uh, in college and it just hit me i was like man this song is awesome like i, <laughs> I forgot all about it. it it's it's like literally got like the worst davy song and the best davy song on the same album <laughs> right right yeah. right all right chris where can people find more of you on the internet um, our podcast, the metal exchange, uh, the easiest thing is to just go to our link tree. It's a uh, link tr.ee slash metal exchange. And, uh, all the links to, uh, all the places you can find us are in that space. And, uh, as for me, I am on Twitter. I actually had to go and check to see what my, uh, <laughs> what my tag is on Twitter uh, at, at Chris Nietzsche N E E T C H. Okay. How about you, Carrie? Uh, we're all over the internet at Metal Geek. So uh, any of your um, social media platforms that you enjoy, except TikTok, we're not there. Um, <laughs> if you want to find uh, episodes, we're all over any place where you can download or stream your favorite podcast. And we're at MetalGeeks.net. Awesome. Elaine, where can people find more of you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Monkeying Around, on Facebook at Monkeying Around, our Facebook discussion group. And we are on Instagram. Yeah. And how about us, Chuck? Feltnerdy.com. And? Earth Station Trek, our podcast about Star Trek. All right. Thanks for monkeying around. Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. April is the cruelest month. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.